This is episode number 47 of The Ship's Podcast with Tracy McDowell. Welcome to Ships. My name is Pat McAndrew, and I am a professional actor, speaker, and coach. In every episode, we discuss a message related to the most important vessels in our lives. Thanks for being here today. Now let's set sail. Hello, everyone. Welcome to today's episode of Ships. I hope that you are having an incredible day today and that you are coming to this episode rejuvenated, relaxed, and ready to find balance in your life because that's what Tracy is going to provide for us today in this episode. Well, who's Tracy, you might ask? She's our guest. Tracy McDowell is a storytelling and feng shui consultant. She loves guiding clients through the process of finding flow within their spaces, including homes, offices, and businesses. She is committed to feng shui as a practice because she has seen in her own life and in her clients' lives how balancing a space supports, nurtures, and ignites feelings of harmony and balance. Her practice, Nested Feng Shui, is about these layers of well-being, all about settling into ourselves by settling into our spaces. In the current digital age, balancing our homes has become convoluted. Tracy specializes in Feng Shui for digital well-being by working specifically with clients to blend techniques for healthy technology use with tried and tested ancient Feng Shui remedies to optimize our relaxation and peace at home and or in our physical spaces. Tracy's feng shui style is unique because she pulls from the multidisciplinary research she did for her specialized storytelling major at UCSD, yoga, time as an elementary school art teacher, and work as a musician. So it's safe to say that Tracy is bringing a lot of knowledge and a lot of experience to today's episode of Ships. We talk about a lot of great things. Specifically, on this podcast, we talk a lot about our relationship with ourselves, with others. But specifically in this episode, we talk a lot about our relationship with physical space and how sculpting a space must be sculpted for ourselves in order to optimize what we have, in order to optimize our lives. We also talk about raising our vibration to manifest things into our lives, to be allowed to actually want things, and wondering how do we shape the things that we already have in order to improve our lives for the better. We talk about this also in a digital wellness context and how to declutter our digital lives while also respecting others' tech use. Tracy also mentions how there is a lack of intuition today, often caused by technology, and what we can do in order to regain back our intuition. So this is an incredibly insightful episode. I haven't had a guest like Tracy on this show yet, so I really hope that you take her words of wisdom and practice them into your own lives. Really feel the energy around you. Be conscious of the energy that you're projecting out into the world, the energy through yourself, through the people you interact with, as well as the space that you're living in. So without further ado, let me please introduce Tracy McDowell. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Ships Podcast. Today's guest is Tracy McDowell. Thank you so much for being with us today, Tracy. You're welcome so much. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. I'm very excited to dive into this podcast episode. You and I got connected, maybe it was like about a year or so ago. I think a year ago, Maybe around there. And I was very inspired by the work that you're doing because 
it's very unique. I think it's a very unique take also on digital wellness, and we'll dive a little bit into that. But maybe we could just start off by you telling us a bit about yourself and where does your path on this journey begin? So my path as a feng shui consultant began because I have a need to like understand things. And so I found that as I was wandering through this physical world, it was sort of mirroring what was going on in my actual world. And so I went and found a school, the International Feng Shui School, to study with to sort of understand our relationship with our like physical surroundings. And what I discovered is that there's this like really intense push-pull between the five element system um, that we use in Feng Shui for Chinese traditional feng shui and like the world that we're in but there's also this intense push-pull just with like looking at the colors that we choose to be around and the like people that we choose to allow into our space and like the knickknacks that we surround ourselves with and so I had a lot of fun and I still continue to have a lot of fun sort of like looking at what are those parallels and that took me into doing feng shui for digital well-being because we're attached to our phones I mean, we were basically cyborgs yeah. at this point. <laughs> yeah. So then I was I was really working with, um, because of Nina, who is in charge of the Digital Wellness Collective, um, I was sort of looking at how, what is this crossover of our physical spaces with technology? And how can we look at what we're doing in our homes, in our offices, in our schools with technology from a feng shui perspective and start reevaluating like where we place things and what that impact is on us. Yeah, it really is incredible. It's something that I think I thought about a little bit, but then after especially talking to you, I became a lot more aware of my space and the impact that it's having on me. Sometimes I have a tendency to hang on to things that are older from my past life due to nostalgia yeah and but then I like think about like okay how much of that is too much and how much of it is holding me back from like pursuing things in the future yes do you want me to answer that yeah oh absolutely (laughs) all right so I brought some feng shui papers that I usually bring to like any consultation uh specifically about clutter and clutter or holding on to things that we no longer need It's a way for us to feel safe. And so what's beautiful about feng shui is for those sensitive people that are already aware of like, oh, I I need this stuffed animal or this blanket or this shirt to like feel rooted. There are ways to transform your space energetically just by using feng shui principles that will allow you to feel safe as you let go of those things and understand that we don't need those to feel safe or tethered. And so when I work with clients just on downsizing, one of the things that happens is they're very emotional and it's about just being witness to like, yeah, this shirt meant a lot to you. And like all the things to come will also mean a lot to you. And if we don't let go of like what we know we no longer need, then like how will we have any space for the things that we need to move us forward? Yes. Oh my gosh. I, th- I feel like that's so important for us to recognize and so hard to do. Yeah, I'm not like yeah. I do I just moved to New York as we were just talking about and I I would love to say I practice what I preach. I have a box of knickknacks of like things from my past that I just was like, well, I'll, like if I don't take them with me, how will I remember like that fourth grade like gold trip, gold dust or bust, you know, like the things you yeah. do, there you just hold on to those weird things. So I think it's a a beautiful thing to practice and I notice that it really helps people when they can like inhale, let, exhale, go. And I also acknowledge that it's very hard to do and none of us are perfect. Right. And I love what you were saying too about having the ability to make space for more things in your life too. Or not, I guess not necessarily more things, but different things. Better things. Yeah, better things. The languaging that I think is useful is like, when we let go of the old, we can allow in like the new and the better. And that's what like allows us to evolve is that 
space for something even better than what we let go of. I, my feng shui master, she's exceptional. Oh my goodness. Uh, she'd say something before class that really helped me like when we'd leave and she'd say, we'd do like a little sort of meditation and everyone would close their eyes and she'd say, everything that you need to remember, you will remember. Oh, wow. And it was so freeing. Because instead of worrying that I wasn't going to know everything or that I hadn't written the notes down properly, there was just this like exhale, I'm getting tingles. It was so intense of like, oh, like my brain is capable of so many things. Like we're so smart. Like I will clearly remember whatever my brain has decided is important to remember. Right. I think it's the same things with letting go of stuff. Like, we'll remember what we need to remember. And we're holding on to things because we feel like we need to. So when it's time to then notice, like, oh, this might be getting old. I need to let go. That's Then you just respect that. Right, right. And specifically with the name of your business, Nested, nested. nested uh, uh, Feng Shui, is it? So feng there's shui? two ways to say it. Okay. There's lots of ways to say it. But I say Feng Shui sometimes feng shui, eh? with right. people that are uncomfortable. Uh, it's technically Feng Shui feng or Feng Shui. shui. But right. we're white people. <laughs> I just think yeah, yeah, so I'm, I look noticeably, you know, white. So <laughs> feng shui is fine for me. I don't think yeah. that it matters as long as you understand and respect the principles and the lineage that came with it. There's like a deep past. And I'm so grateful and like rooted in the teachers and the places that it came from. And I think just like with yoga... Uh, just like with any practice, uh, with like music, when I do jazz singing, if you respect the people that came before you, then you're just creating something new, but you're respecting the lineage. Yeah. So where does the the title Nested come from? So Nested was because, uh, this is going to sound so silly. So I created, how far back do I want to go? Okay. So <laughs> I created Nested Feng Shui because I created a storytelling major at UC San Diego. And I wrote this thesis and I did this podcast that I was going to do. And then my computer got stolen and all 11 episodes were lost. And it was like this travesty. Anyways, in the intro, I had this sentence that was like, stories have layers, onions have layers, ogres have layers. (laughs) And I was just so obsessed with how like things like a flower or a lotus can like unfurl. And there's just these layers upon layers. Um, but my personal like past and history with like feeling rooted and safe, it, I was like, my life isn't an onion. I was like, mm. what, what is it for me that feng shui gives me? And what feng shui gave me was an ability to like sculpt a space around me that felt like supportive and yummy and safe and like just for me and like specific. And so to me, I was like, what is that? And I was, it's a nest. I mean, you're really, you have, you know, you're doing it for yourself. You're the mama bird and the baby bird. But you're pulling that, you know, all those sides in around you. So it's like just right. And I thought that was great. And there's also the Russian nesting doll concept. It's like you just continue to learn. Like you're just popping Uh, out different things. So I thought it was, I mean, I can go on and on. I love analogies and I could just go on for days, but there was mostly the nest. It feels really good to be like held and supported. I love that. I really, I love what you were saying about really pulling all these different facets, I guess, of our lives and really putting them together to create this nest of sorts in which we can live in. And thrive in. Yeah. Because it's about that. That's the good point. How can we thrive or how can we set up our space whether it's our living space or our working space, so that we can better thrive? I know that's probably a big question, uh, and it's more than a couple words or even <laughs> like a few sentences, but, but how can we thrive by bettering our space? Well, I think we thrive when we feel at peace and have the ability to like settle and relax. So it's not about doing more. It's about optimizing what we have. And to do that, I'm always noticing the first thing I talk about with clients is decluttering. So letting go so we can make space. And then the second thing for thriving would then be like asking, what do you want? Because I noticed that 
and I, w- I could easily write like a book about this because it's so funny. Millennials, um, everyone, not just millennials, people in their 60s. I have lots of age clients, but there's there's a lack of understanding or a willingness to articulate what we want. So we've got rid of the clutter, step one. And step two, I'm just sitting there like, I'm like, what do you want? And there, it's always like the lame things. It's like peace, harmony. So I like, want my space to feel better. So it's like what they want specifically with their space. Yeah. Or just, you know, like, what do you want in your life? Like, if they're like, I want love. I'm like, I can do feng shui for love. We can make your space amplify like the love vibrations around you and call in like your perfect person or like you can really not have money and you can be absolutely freaked out about it and we can like let go of all that negativity energy and we can up the vibe in your space and surround you with like a money plant and green walls and green sheets and like really just hone in on like what crystals are gonna and just raise that vibration so like money shows up and so when I say like what do you want I mean that I really feel like there is this like weird gap in our society of being allowed to ask for things. Like we're all capable of sort of feeling what we want. There's just not the same practice of articulating what we want and then going and getting it. Because if you can't even ask for it, and I'm, again, like I don't practice what I preach. So I have people make vision boards. I have still... I finished school two years ago. I've been practicing feng shui for working with people for two years. I've never made a vision board. Like I will sit in front of the board. I have cut out all the things and I just like (laughs) panic. I'm like, what if I, what if I don't want these things like six months from now? So it's a, I think those are the two things. Clutter first and then asking and really clarifying what you want. I really love that because I think that it's funny because when people ask us for something or to do something for them, maybe ask a favor. We're like, we're very willing. I, or I, I feel like most of the time, Agreed. most of us are willing. Yeah. We'll be like, oh yeah, yeah, sure. We'll, we'll do this for you. Oh yeah, we'll, we'll do that for you. But when it comes to us asking, we are, it's so easy to be hesitant. We are afraid to ask for the things that we want, perhaps because we're afraid to admit it, or maybe we're not 100% sure of what we want. Do you think that asking is almost like a muscle that we need to exercise? I would think, I would say asking is like, yeah, I think a muscle is a good example. I just think it's not like doing reps of how many questions do I ask. (laughs) I think it's more asking it's the having the feeling safe enough to like ha- and having the space to like be allowed to want things that I think is interesting. Yeah. Because I feel like so much of what I do ends up being basically therapy with people who are really struggling and I'm bearing witness to what's going on with them. And by giving them that space and that time that's when they start to sort of unravel and they building trust. Like that's when they start to be like, oh, okay, so there's someone who can catch me in this moment. Now I can open up about what I want. Whereas when you just sit by yourself and you try to journal, like, what do I want? I think there really is a huge cultural barrier of like, don't ask for things because like you don't deserve them. Hmm. And I don't use the word don't as often as I can, but that's how I feel like our culture like is just encroaching on us. Like be a cyborg, sit at your desk, go to work. Yeah. Conform, conform, conform. That's what helps the system. Yeah. And so I'm like on the other side of the system, like <laughs> floating around it, like ask for things. Yay. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's important that we have people like you because <laughs> it's because of people like you who don't conform to the conformity that we're able to stretch ourselves more and stretch ourselves outside of our comfort zone and and grow and develop and progress in our own personal lives, but then also as a society as well. Yeah. It's so important. It is. I mean, the micro and the macro scales of that are so important. And I see that with my life with my partner because he's like deeply involved in like being a corporate I could say something not nice. He's He does corporate things. You know, he goes from like nine to five and he does the work and he comes home and he's tired. And there's something really beautiful about that stability. Oh, yeah. And so that's yeah. like the yin energy that is something that I like crave and do not have. Or I'm trying to not use the word do not. It's something I crave. And then 
I'm like young. I'm like on the other side. I'm like, create, do things big. Oh my gosh, <laughs> yeah. it's so exciting. Let's move to New York. Like, yeah, yeah. Uh, and then I crash because it's important to have that balance. And that's what feng shui is. It's bringing the yin and the yang together and like sort of stirring them around and like making magic with it. Yeah, it really is important to have that balance because I would say the same way. My partner is much more about about stability and is, you know, a, a very positive force in my life in that way. And I'm much like yourself where I'm, I'm more in the clouds about creating, creating, creating. And it really is this uh, yin and yang, exactly what you were mentioned, this balancing act that I think works really well, not only in, you know, romantic relationships, but also... Uh, whether it be in friendships or in organizations and companies, and probably also a bit in the feng shui work in as the well. home, yeah, yeah, definitely in the home. Because for me, I'm I'm very sensitive and attuned to things, so I can walk into a home or a bedroom and kind of know a lot about a person. I can know probably too much, and so. <laughs> There's something really fun about noticing or just being able to see like, oh, if we move this dresser out of your bed space, like there'll be room for you to just sleep. It won't be about organizing and keeping all your clothes straight. Like there's this other spot in your home and your closet where this can go. Now we can create these two different worlds with these two different purposes. And then like, whoa, like what opens up when you have space in that room? Like suddenly there's floor space. You can stretch before bed. Like, oh, wow. Now you can relax before bed. Now you're sleepy. Like it's it's so funny to have to feel out that balance and kind of know how you can physically do something to change it. And that's what I love is I'm like, OK, we're going to make it. We're going to fix it. We're going to do it. Go. Right. Yeah. How, how do you think so? If you're working with your clients, giving them a wide variety of tips, advice in order to improve the space that they're working or living in, after you are done working with them, how can us as individuals use feng shui in a way that is going to be effective for our own personal lives? So feng shui translates directly to wind, water. And it evolved out of this practice in China of looking at how wind would hit the rivers or the oceans and change the water patterns and shape the physical land. And then where do you build a building to optimize the use of that like water source uh, while remaining safe? So it's this practice of balancing like what is naturally occurring with like what we need to accomplish just as a like a little history lesson on feng shui yeah. so how do we translate that like into our lives it's about looking at what do we want so back then they wanted to build temples that wouldn't fall over or like would be auspicious and like for have good fortune uh maybe we want the same thing we want to build a home that's auspicious that brings in like abundance and luck and prosperity uh, then how do we shape the things that we do have? So they were focusing on like the land mass and the wind and the water. But we have, like I said, like a bed or <laughs> a kitchen table or a sofa. So how do we optimize what we have within this space to bring about those things that we are looking for? I think that's my answer. <laughs> I, think, I think that's really beautifully put, actually, because... The fit, it's so easy to, I, th I think at least for myself, to almost not have a second thought about the physical things that I have in my life, the physical things that I have in my room or my living room, and think about, oh, they're just there for utility's sake, or they're just yes. there because they're there. And But when you really take a step back, and I really like the way you said this, shape what is around you shape it in a way that is going to optimize your life it really allows you to consider oh okay does that have to be there does exactly. that piece of furniture need to be in my apartment does this stack of books that i haven't read in years is it serving me in any way it really allows you to think about things more deeply Exactly. Because those are what are around you. So you're interacting with them every day in your home or almost every day in your office, almost every day at school. So those things will eventually have an effect on us. I think a good example of how useful feng shui can be, 
I mean, this is just practical. It doesn't even have to be feng shui. But people that have a spot for their keys when they walk in versus people who do not have a spot for their keys when they walk in. So I've, I've had both types of clients. And the ones who already know where it goes, their life is so much smoother <laughs> than the ones that, are, uh, that come to me and they're like, I just feel like I'm always late and everything's hectic and I'm always, like, I'm just, I'm always looking for my keys. And you come in and you're like, well, yeah, you put your keys either on your bedstand or on your like, kitchen table or just somewhere on your sofa or you leave them in your bag. Like, that's going to make your life so much harder. Interesting. So that's a decluttering example, but it's also like a feng shui, like optimizing example. Like put a hook, like just put a little nail in the wall and just hang them there every single time. And every single time you leave, you will know exactly where they are. And just the energy around like, oh my God, where are my keys? All these spots versus like whoosh to the door, grab your keys, leave. Totally different energy. It's amazing how just that, that seemingly small thing can make such a difference. Huge difference. And that's why big things like where your bed faces or like what direction your sofa is or like what fabrics you're using, like how eco-friendly the things are around you, like all of that does have an effect on you. The colors, like we're in this room, there's a lot of red. Like red is great for like creativity and sex, but uh, if you already are kind of a fiery person, like this could be too much for you. Too much time in this room <laughs> you could get, really get too angry. Or yeah, something. you just get so worked up. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's like things that probably work on a lot of people in this subconscious way. Yeah, do you find that a lot with your clients that their space, you you bring up things that they weren't even aware of, and then after you mention it, they're like, "Oh wow, you're right." I think my best example, one of my favorite clients, uh, her husband works for a baseball league and they had this like a little entryway room and then they had like a bunch of his office stuff just all over the house sort of in the kitchen and it was a huge mansion and like by the time we finished, I was like, okay, we're going to reallocate all your husband's stuff to this weird little entryway room that like they didn't know what to do with. We're going to create an office for him with like two sitting chairs because this is the front of the house. And like, I think he's going to feel great. And he was, you know, quintessential, like feng shui, energy. What are you talking about? None of this is real. I don't care. Like she's paying for it, like out of her pocket with tutoring money. And like, she's so excited. And we finished the house. And A, I do like intuitive and interior design on top of feng shui. So it looked beautiful. And uh, B, I came over a second time to do the garden. He was organizing like every single one of his papers. He's like sitting at the desk. He's like so happy. He's like not fighting with his daughter anymore. Like everything changed because they just had this like weird gaping hole at the bottom of their like main stairs that was like flooding energy from like the girl's room down into like nothingness. Whereas now it's balanced. It's like dad's energy is here. Like he's the money. He's making them, you know, and they're up there and like they're supported by this. And it just erratically changed things. I think I got too excited about this example and forgot your question but like (laughs) there's a there's a thing that there's a synergy that happens when you start to move things within a house and like notice what a room can be used for and then like really push and optimize like the use value of that room because uh something uh, another thing that I'm noticing a lot that happens in New York the apartments I've seen and just with like modern design people are taking walls out of their homes and so like there's all these like open floor plans yeah and i'm like this is so funny because it's so congruent with the lack of boundaries that are happening in the 21st century oh wow i'm like look at us like we're knocking down the walls and now no one has boundaries (laughs) like wow that's so interesting i didn't even think about that right oh my gosh yeah it's a like I don't. Th- I don't think a lot of people think about it, but you're absolutely right. It, it changes the energy and the space. It changes the energy between the people that you're living with. Yeah, it has this huge impact on the way that we're living our daily lives. 
And so many of us don't even think about it. Because like 1950s housewife, right? They've got the kitchen. It's walled off. Then a dining room. It's walled off. Then a sitting room that's walled off and maybe a family room. So if the kid is doing homework in the dining room, they're not talking to their mom who's in the kitchen. Like they're in a totally different space. Or if they're watching TV, you know, like everyone has their own thing in the 50s. I mean, very just quintessential. Nowadays, that whole thing would just be knocked out into one room. Kitchen flowing into dining room, flowing into living room, flowing into entryway. And there's something beautiful about that, for sure. Yeah. But it definitely yeah. changes our understanding of, like, what what a boundary is and, like, when to do certain things and, and what how to balance being in, like, different spaces. Right. So the solution, because for me, feng shui is all about, like, seeing something that's, like, a little bit off and, like, either neutralizing it or enhancing it. So we we want to put like remedies on top of like energetic spaces that are problematic and either neutralize or remedy. So a remedy for a space like that would be having like a big plant between like the kitchen and the dining room. So we kind of understand like, oh, this plant represents like a wall or a barrier between the two. And so the kitchen is for this and the dining room is for this. Wow. It's so subtle. It's so subtle. It's so subtle. It's but probably subtle. makes such a huge difference. Yeah, I think so. So I'm curious if we could dive in a little bit. We touched upon it briefly at the beginning of our conversation, but about uh, your feng shui work in relation to digital wellness. Definitely. And I'm wondering if you could talk with both myself and our listeners about how you incorporate those two together and what, what has been your process with that thus far? So my favorite thing to do is work with little kids. So I do like children's room feng shui, uh, which started out as just like kids that are scared of the dark or don't want to clean their rooms, like going in and doing all the same things I would do in a normal consultation, sort of like looking at the energy and then helping them declutter and then moving their furniture around and redecorating and then saging and then like calling away all the monsters. Boom. But what I was noticing when I did that is that like the kids that I was working with in that capacity and a teaching capacity and a babysitting capacity were all hooked to their like screens. Hmm. And so I was like, okay, how do I, I just became very invested in like what's going to happen to the next generation with like this much screen time. And feng shui is such a funny solution because it's like, it's all about what we just talked about those boundaries so it's the division of space it's like okay no ipads in bedrooms boom problem solved (laughs) so then how do you like convince the kids to not take it into their bedroom like you put the charger in the kitchen and you have like a little box for it in the kitchen and you place and then you go into and you start utilizing like the feng shui within the device of like setting like controls it can't be used after seven o'clock it can't be used like before 7 a.m etc etc like it stays at home during the school day at least for kids like under seven i would say that's effective uh so that's sort of how i like got into it was this transition of like kids bedroom feng shui to like watching the kids i use i cared about use technology and then i think tips that are just helpful is there's such a abundance of information and things that are being handed to us with technology we've got so many apps we have so many options and that's beautiful and like even just talking about it is overwhelming (laughs) so i think then it's about decluttering your digital spaces uh it's about looking at taking a day or like a ride on the train or a lift ride to just scroll through your apps on your phone and really look at like, why is this one next to this one? And do I really need this app? Like, is this helping me? It's the same thing we do for decluttering a closet. Like, do I need it? Do I want it? Does it help me? Yeah. If it doesn't, if you don't need it, if you don't want it and it doesn't help you, why is it on your phone? It's just taking up space and you're looking at it all the time. So no, get rid of it. Get rid of it. And so you just delete. And like I said, it's as easy as like a train ride or a lift ride. Like you just sit there and you delete or and then like it's kind of fun, I think. I mean, is what I do. So of course I think it's fun. But you like put everything into little categories and you have them all in their little boxes and you just kind of know you're like, this is fun stuff. Like this is work and banking stuff. This is and you just it feels so much better to like 
know what you have and where it is. Feels much more organized. So much more organized. And it's there's such a relief in that. Yeah. Our brains then can utilize that sp- space for something else. We're not... We, I mean, it sounds silly, but like we spend two to three seconds just like scrolling through apps to find things if they're not organized. Whereas if you know exactly where it is, boom. Yeah, it really is amazing. I, so I have had a smartphone only for about a year now. Mm -hmm. And so I try to be really mindful with regards to how I use it. But even, even with just having it for a year, I've noticed like the negative effects it's had on me. And I have, like two screens of apps and for me that feels like a lot but i've also i've seen people with maybe like four or five six different screens of apps and i'm like oh my gosh like i I don't know how they keep track it's amazing so i can only imagine that really practicing the the feng shui like you were talking about and putting it into really organized sections really helps a lot just with with your mind too yeah it's those boundaries like knowing where something is calms our nervous system and that makes a lot of sense because if we're in our sympathetic nervous system and we're like in fight or flight then we're always exhausted whereas if we can like sort of back up into our parasympathetic that happens when we feel safe when we know like right here is my nightstand right here is my lamp like right over there is like a way for me to call for help our body can be like okay good it's time to relax. We're yeah. safe. We yeah. got this. So we want that. Something I wanted to loop back to that you said, though, is like there are people with like four screens worth. And like one of my favorite phrases is like, don't yuck someone's yum. Yes. So yes. Oh my, yeah. yeah, it's a good one. <laughs> yeah. So if you if, if someone loves having that and this is the same thing when I practice feng shui with someone, if someone loves the thing or the way they're doing it, that's great. That's important. And respecting that and giving that space is really good i think that this concept of putting things into boxes is for the people like us that are very like second chakra like very creative very open very excited who are trying to learn how to like rein that in to have some stability whereas like the people and this is the yin yang thing that are like trying to like escape that and like sort of open up that second chakra and understand that creativity maybe like they need that you know maybe they need the weird world's weirdest background on their phone uh it just depends <laughs> yeah i really love that a lot that's something that actually recently i've been really trying to work on in that my relationship with technology is completely different from someone else's and what i want from technology is very different from what someone else wants from technology and i think sometimes like i would fall into the pattern of being like oh no no you shouldn't be on your phone that much because of these reasons and because of all this research but now i'm starting to come to that realization of like oh well who am i to tell you like how much to be on your phone or any other device and i think what it comes down to is just a matter of like intentionality yes and i see that a lot in the work that you're doing is Mm -hmm. really being intentional with your specific space because every client you work with is their own unique individual. What some ideas might work for one client might not necessarily work for the other. And so I think when it comes to our relationship with things, whether it be the furniture in our house or the apps on our device, it really is on a case-by-case basis, isn't it? I think so. I think it's honestly on an intuitive basis. So the same way that I feel like we've got this weird gap in allowing people to want or understand what they want, I think that ties directly into this like lack of intuition. We're not teaching people because there's so much technology just like hitting us all the time in the face and telling us what we want and telling us how we feel. There's a really distinct lack of like deep gut sense of like what feels good, what makes me feel safe, what makes me feel nourished, what makes me feel yummy, what makes me feel good. Like there's just this intuitive uh, deprivation. I don't know. I don't have a word for it yet. But that's why I call so much of what I do intuitive design instead of feng shui because classical traditional feng shui is super fun and I like it and I can do it. 
uh, is very different from what I end up doing with people, which is teaching them how to like feel into their deep gut senses about like, why am I putting this chair here? (laughs) It sounds so silly, but it's like, do you feel comfortable sitting in that chair every day eating a meal? Like, is it poking you? Is it sharp? Is it like comfy? Is it whatever the thing is? Like, is it helping you get nourishment or is it not helping you get nourishment? It's like the details and feeling into like those yummy crevices that I think is fun. And like, that's the intuitive part that's missing, I think. Yes. So I think technology has really sparked like a lack of intuition because we're not going out and like playing in the forest and being with our like feet in the dirt and understanding like, oh, this tree just like dropped an acorn on me. Gravity, like we we're learning through a device, which is why I say we're cyborgs now. And so it's about optimizing like how to be the best cyborg, how to maintain the best parts of being human and physical with like the best parts of being able to be like, hey, Google. Hey, Google, what's the weather right now? That's not right now in New York. It's 78 and clear. Ah, uh, there we go. Isn't hey, pretty good? nice weather. Pretty nice yeah, weather. Thanks, Google. Thanks, Google. So, but we like that. Yeah. We wa- we want these things. And so how do we make both work instead of like demonizing one? How do we like optimize the best parts of everything? Yeah. I absolutely agree with you that in a lot of ways technology we're allowing I think technology to take over our intuition. Mm-hmm. But I think if we allow ourselves to really sink deep into our intuition and really get a sense of ourselves, the space that we're in, and once we are seated in that, then, you know, reap the benefits of technology. Agreed. Kind of what we were saying before. It's all about that balance. It's all about that balance. And I think that a red flag I just had in what you said is like, you don't have to have a perfect space. I've moved a lot. And I've done a lot of things from non-perfect spaces. You have to have a safe space. How do I, how do I make that sound even better? You have to have a space where when you go home, you can fully just like lay on the bed and relax. So it does not have to be perfect. You do not have to like feng shui your space at all. It's just feng shui is like one way to create that like beauty and that like simplicity and that feeling of good. Yeah. I think because if you, yeah, it's important to have the spaces around us be supportive, but it's feng shui is more about optimizing what you have. So if you don't already have like any foundation, then like go find a comfy bed and then come talk to me. Yes. Oh, I love that. It's so important. It's so sleep. So, oh, it's so funny. I didn't mean to, I didn't think I'd mention this, but I'm writing a book called Supportive Sleep from a Feng Shui Perspective. Wow. So I really feel strongly because I have lots of sleep stuff that like sleep yeah, is tell, mission tell critical. Tell us a little bit about it. So, well, sleep, especially from a, like a relationship, digital wellness perspective, I can definitely tie this in. So sleep, digital things have radically altered our sleep i think everyone would agree with that uh we did not used to go to bed holding a phone in our hand using it as our alarm like plugging it in next to our head with different like emfs running all night like that's so new like waking up every time it vibrates being in new york i notice every time a car honks like i kind of and it's like (laughs) weird it's so different like my body's just on guard and so same thing when when your phone vibrates or rings at night you're like ah, you're on call all the time And that's, I mean, you look at like ER doctors or whatever who are on call all the time with a pager for years and like they age faster. It's not good for us. I try not to use the word not. It's, it's noticeably aging us faster. And so the first thing I tell people and I try to do myself, but it's hard because I have a partner who likes his phone is like, (laughs) take the phone out of the bedroom. That's the first thing for sleep. Plug it in somewhere that is not your bedroom. Pick a time to turn it off so you can just engage with yourself in a book or a bath or yourself and your partner, whatever your thing is. Uh, second thing that I'm really noticing with tech is like any blue light. If you keep your wireless router in your bedroom, like tape over the blue light. Uh, if you live in a city like we do, get blackout curtains. Like our systems need almost complete darkness. We slept in caves. So yeah. <laughs> so we need darkness. Uh, those are the two big things. Uh, I'm trying to think if there's anything else that'd be really useful from a sleep feng shui perspective. Oh, yeah. Take, this is not tech, but this is feng shui. Take everything out from under your bed. 
Oh, wow. How come? Because chi, the life force energy that we work with in feng shui, is flowing under your bed as you sleep and around you. That's why we want our beds raised a little bit off the floor. So when you store everything under there, all the energy of whatever you store is under your bed. So if you have to store things, we're in New York, so I have to store things under my bed. So I'm storing like pillows, extra pillows for guests, like linens, uh, towels, like mostly linens, like things that are soft. And then at the foot of our bed, we're going to do shoes because for reasons I don't understand, Alden has like a million shoes. And so... (laughs) there's a there's a need i think for people to like excavate under their bed i always am like shocked how many people keep things under their bed but if you're intentional about it and you understand like foot of the bed is feet top of the bed is soft things then the energy that's around you and you leave space for like air to flow between those things then the cheese like okay cool it can like dance and like help you heal while you're sleeping at night I've had people, I find stuff, the weirdest things under people's beds. Like I found someone who had a box of letters from their exes. Oh. They just kept in like a shoe box and it was like pretty much wedged right near their head under the bed in the corner, which is a whole other thing. Yeah. Um, and they had all these weird dreams and they like were talking to me about love and they like couldn't get over their ex-partner and like they weren't finding a new person. And I was like, this is the answer. I didn't say it that way. I was yeah. very gentle. <laughs> right, I was right. very gentle. I was like, oh, wow. What an interesting thing to have under the bed. Like, can you tell me about it? And they were like, well, I just felt like I needed to have these because some of them were nice and some of them like taught me things about myself. And I was like, that's so interesting. Like, I wonder, can you just hold that like near your your face or your heart or your head and just tell me how you feel? And they did. And they were like, it's very heavy. Like, it's very intense. And I was like, yeah, I don't know if I personally would want to sleep with that intensity next to my head at night. And they were like, okay, I'll get rid of it. I was like, okay, good. <laughs> yes. <laughs> that makes so much sense. Mm-hmm. And it, it's like, like talking to you about it. And it, it could be because you're, you, you come from this feng shui experience that you're ve- very eloquent. And like, so speaking to you, these things, it's not like, it like seems like, yeah, it seems like it makes so much sense. Mm-hmm. But then I feel like when I'm out in like my daily life, da 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 da, uh, I I don't think about it. But you're absolutely right. It's like, it's sometimes literally like right in front of our feet. It's almost literally always right in front of us. Like yeah. the world is constantly sending us signs. It's the like willingness to see them and look at them. Because so much of it is so hard, you know? It's not nice criticism. One of the things that I do on the side is cards and like pulling cards, which is an, an intuitive practice. And I, I do not have a tarot card set. And my, my reasoning is oracle cards or like messenger cards are light magic. And so they're only telling you positive things. They're there to help you. They're there to guide you tarot is more like real life and it's hard for me because tarot will tell you like you fucked up <laughs> oh, i'm sorry i don't know if i should say no, that. No, you're okay. good, you're good. um but it will tarot is very straightforward with you it's like you clearly are lying stop or like you're you know not to be in this relationship stop like tarot does not it it pulls all the punches it's not nice at wow. all. And so I think our universe that we've decided to all like be part of together for reasons I can't explain is more in that realm. It's very yin yang. It's very balanced. It's like, I'm going to give you all of it. And my logic about why we don't see all the signs is that all of it is exhausting sometimes. So we just learn how to like numb and step back, which is why I've like stepped back into like this, like beautiful light magic practice. Because if you're only doing Glinda the good witch, (laughs) you know, (laughs) if you're, only sticking around for like fairy magic then you learn how to play in the positives and you learn how to language things as positive and then you start to see things as positive uh which is so much more pleasant honestly it really it really is almost like a habit too isn't it like i think so when you live in that space and you think in that space and you act out in that space Eventually, it becomes like second nature. I think so. You almost don't even realize it. 
And there's people that do that. I think that we even talked about that in feng shui training. There's people that do it just with languaging. So if you wake up every morning and you say like, I can, whatever the thing is you want to do. So eventually once I'm settled, it's only like week one, I will probably wake up every morning and be like, I can write a book and then like sit down and try to do it. Uh, or yeah, I've, I have brought the paper with me. I'll just read some of them. They're yes, so useful. Please do. I have so much information up the wazoo. <laughs> Uh, it's insane. Oh, and uh, oh, this I you put came one of those, prepared. I put one of those in your thank you present. Thank I'm you, so present. What? It's I right think, there in oh the mustache gosh. bag. I know. <laughs> That's amazing. So good. Okay, so I really like this. The conscious language page of the feng shui. Uh, I don't know, journal, school book. I don't know what you would call it. Anyways, people say things like "This is killing me," or "I'm sick and tired of," or "I can't stand," or good guys finish last or life is hard and those affect them. And I know for sure that I can't stand affects us because like, I will say that when I'm tired, I'll be like, I can't stand anymore. And my feet and my legs will just get tired and more and more and more and more and more tired. But instead, if we say I want or I need, and we choose to say like, I have lots of money instead of I don't have lots of money or my choice is to be a money magnet or my outcome is being a billionaire, or my choice of outcome is to find someone that I can spend the rest of my life with, or I can write a book, then there's a intense energy to that. that like, it's scary. It's almost so exciting that it's like too much. But <laughs> when we start using those words, it's so much easier to believe that we can do it. Yeah. And so my point with tarot versus oracle cards and like what I dabble in with intuitive design versus feng shui is like feng shui also pulls all the punches. It tells you everything you're doing wrong. <laughs> it's like this is the universe is yin and yang. Deal with it. Intuitive design is like I'm feeling into what I need and what I want and I'm like trying to fulfill that and like looking towards the light and like making it good and picking the good words. So all that energy I think is really palpable and fun to play with. Ah. Yes. It's so good. I love that so much. And I think it's always an important reminder of like the words that we tell ourselves or tell others even that it really it really shapes our lives. We really put out a certain energy and I'm a big believer that that energy is reflected back to us. Mm -hmm. And I think sometimes it's easy to forget that what we say or how we feel is an energy. It is an energy that surrounds us and either attracts or detracts other people, perhaps opportunities. Mm -hmm. And so I think that's it's an important reminder to always keep that in mind. Which is why I think it, for technology, it's important to like decide like my technology is a tool rather than like seeing it as this like devil that's like destroying our lives, like to see it as a tool and like label it and put it squarely in that box that we were talking about with boundaries and know like at the end of the day, like you don't carry your hammer into your bedroom. Like you set it down somewhere <laughs> yeah. and you go like, thank you for helping me build the house, but I don't need you anymore. I'm going to go sleep. And you set down the tool. Yes. It's so important. So important. Tracy, so much of what we talk about on this podcast is the importance of deep and meaningful relationships. So I have two more questions for you before we finish up this episode. One is, what is your definition of a deep, meaningful relationship? And two, how can feng shui help us not only in our relationship with our space, which we talked a lot about, but also in relationship to either ourselves as individuals or other people. Okay, I'm going to start with the second one. So the nested feng shui slogan is settle into your heart by settling into your home. That's so good. I love that. <laughs> so the idea is that when we create a home space that's yummy and nested and like tucks in around us, like you're being tucked in at night, then you can feel safe enough to like expand into who you are. You can exhale and be like, 
these are my fears. These are the things I'm scared of. Like, these are the things I love. These are the things I want. Because there's, like, something to catch that. And it's even more beautiful when it's, like, not made by your parents, when it's, like, made by you. And you've chosen. You've gone out. You've been, like, hey, feng shui consultant, come in and help me build this thing. Or you just, like, listen and learn and do it by yourself. But when you've created that cocoon so that you can then, like, exhale into, like, who am I? And what do I want? And how do I feel about that? And, like, how do I remain present? Uh, I think for other people... I mean, this feels obvious. Like, the people we want to hang out with at their homes are the ones that, like, have a pretty house. (laughs) Where it's, right? Yeah. It's clean. You know where you can sit. Like, the sofa isn't grimy. You feel feel comfortable sitting down. (laughs) You feel comfortable sitting down. They have, like, cornhole in the back or whatever the thing is. Like, there's there's a benefit to bringing this like joyousness to our space because then other people want to share that with us and then we don't have to commute to them you know they just show up and there's something so great you're like okay we don't have to go to a bar you can just come sit in my living room yes i think that's kind of beautiful yeah so yeah settle into your heart by settling into your home so you can bring more people in or you can like sit with yourself more easily uh, the first question was... What's your definition of a deep, meaningful relationship? I think a deep, meaningful relationship is trust facilitating freedom from fear. Wow. I know I just came up with that. That's pretty good. <laughs> trust, trust facilitating freedom from fear. Because I was thinking about Alden, who I'm so deeply, madly, ridiculously in love with. And uh, I think it's like I see him and I know I could do literally anything. And he'd be like, <laughs> that was cute. And like just it would roll off his, you know, or he'd be like, hey, we need to talk about this. But either way, there'd be there'd be no judgment. It's like I trust him to catch me almost always. We're working. I mean, we just started living together. But... <laughs> You know I, mean, I mean, every relationship. I think has it's that trust. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's the it's the trust, and then it's the the willingness to be like, okay, I'm going to try and let go of all these fears, and the freedom to do that. I think comes from like having safe spaces, which is why I'm really into feng shui. Yeah. I love that. You got you have to like make that a plaque or something like that, <laughs> and hang it up in in the homes that you work on. Ooh, it's good. It's so I just like show up and like, hey, would you like to buy yeah. this little wooden plaque? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I wrote on it myself. <laughs> well, I always bring presents. Maybe that's my present. Oh my gosh, Tracy, thank you so much for joining us. Not not only for joining us on the ships podcast, but also I just want to say that I really appreciate the work that you're doing. It's very important work and very also unique work that I think a lot of people need in their lives. A lot of people need in the 21st century where we have so many distractions going on, whether it's on on our online space or whether it's in our physical space, whether it's in our relationships with other people. Yeah. So I really appreciate and commend you for the work that you're doing. Mm-hmm. And I think that you're really going to make a difference here in New York City as well, because People are distracted by a lot <laughs> in this city. So, thank you, and thank you so much for. I mean, such a beautiful, serendipitous invitation. Oh yeah, it's yeah. Like I'm moving. Well. You're like cool. Come be on like, this yeah, podcast. There we go. <laughs> yeah. Uh, before we sign off, where can our listeners find out more information about you and your work? Oh yes. Uh, so the website is www.nested fengshui.com so nested is spelled normally n-e-s-t-e-d and then feng shui is spelled f-e-n-g s-h-u-i and then dot com and there's a i think people can message me from the website perfect so and there's probably an instagram i'm just not really a big social media person yeah but if they found the instagram I would eventually see the message. (laughs) (laughs) Great. Well, I'll make sure to include that information in the show notes. So listeners out there, there, just feel free to scroll down and you could see the links to these things. So Tracy, thank you so much again. Thank you so much, Pat. Yay. 
There you have it, everyone. Tracy McDowell. I really hope you enjoyed this episode of Ships and are able to take what she was talking about intuition, take what she was talking about energy, the impact that our physical space has on us, and implement these positive, optimistic messages into our lives. I'm telling you, they have a profound impact on how we live our lives out. Just speaking from personal experience. So thank you, Tracy, for joining us on this episode. If you liked this episode, please feel free to comment, leave a review, subscribe. I would really appreciate it. Also, if you have the Anchor app, feel free to call in and leave a voicemail. Said voicemail may be released in a future episode of Ships, so I would love to hear from you. You also have the opportunity to support this podcast. Supporting this podcast will allow me to continue producing amazing episodes with inspiring guests. So thank you so much for tuning into this episode of Ships, and as always, I'll catch you in the next one.